It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And uh, thank you so much for, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, your overall support, your, your what do you call it, never-ending support. Much, very much appreciated. I'm excited. Today on the show, we have uh, Francis Jackson. Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans' disability benefits, as well as social social security disability benefits. He's a founding partner of Jackson McNichol. He's been featured on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox network affiliates around the country. He most recently appeared as a guest of Ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show discussing benefits for veterans and social security disability benefits on his, uh, and how his practice allows him to make a difference in the lives of people facing disability. He's also been quoted in USA Today and is listed in Cambridge's Who's Who. Mr. Jackson was honored by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors with a Quilly Award in September of 2012 for his, con- his contribution as a joint author to the Amazon bestselling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's rights to veterans' disability compensation. Also in 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted into America's Most Trusted Lawyers for his outstanding work in disability law. Francis Jackson, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Bert. Always a pleasure to talk with you. You know what? I'm I'm excited to have you back because uh, I've been wondering uh, what your thoughts were. Uh, you know, post-election here, we have a, a new administration, uh, radically different from our last administration. <laughs> and uh, just wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think the election, how the election or the new administration will impact uh, our veterans? Well, it's uh, obviously too soon to tell, but a couple of things. Um, I think, you know, the, the, uh, the materials that Biden has put out, the, the so-called Biden plan, um, doesn't really talk about veterans as a group particularly, uh, does talk about including homes for low-income low Americans, including minority communities and veterans and the elderly. So that's a, that's a thought that's on their minds. Um, and talks about um, providing opportunities for uh, farmers and ranchers, and they specifically include returning veterans and minorities there. Um, so that's a thought that's uh, on their minds. But as you know, the, the big uh, kind of the big pieces with the Biden plan are to uh, try to improve uh, income equality in the country. Uh, he's talking about raising the top income tax for uh, high earners, um, putting it back to where Obama had the, the top rate at 39.6% instead of the, the current 37, uh, raising the corporate tax back from 21% to 28, and uh, imposing the minimum tax on foreign income for American companies. And one thing that may may have some impact, uh, indirectly at least, is imposing a tax penalty on companies that move jobs overseas but then continue to sell the products back to America. That's That has potential at least. But I think probably the, uh, the one that's most likely to impact uh, 
young veterans uh, in particular is the uh, desire to expand the child tax credit to help working families, giving parents 3000 a year as a tax credit for every child between 6 and 17, and 3600 for children under age 6. Um, so uh, all of that may help, as well as the proposal to expand access to uh, uh, refundable health premium tax credits um, uh, for up to eight thousand a year to help pay for childcare. So those those are in there. The uh, the big picture, you know, is is a little murkier in terms of trying to figure out how it filters down to uh, to our veterans. But uh, one of the obvious things that uh, I think uh, probably is not getting much attention, but should, is that with the big COVID relief package that uh, was passed before President Trump left and the huge COVID relief package that's being proposed now by President Biden, you're basically going to chew up essentially all the discretionary spending money for the budget year. And what that's going to mean is that there's not going to be a lot of discretionary money for Congress to apportion among the agencies, including the VA. So I, I think that's, uh, that's one thing that's going to happen. It's going to reduce the the available increase in in uh, money for any of the agencies, including the VA, for everything from, uh, in this case, veterans' benefits to uh, uh, just uh, paying the uh, the staff. So uh, that's that's another kind of generic trend that uh, I think is going to have some impact. But beyond that, candidly, it's really hard to tell uh, in the in the larger picture how the Biden administration is going to um, impact veterans as a group. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is interesting. I also wanted to kind of get your take on on uh, this interim appointment, uh, you know, as, as you're probably aware, uh, President Biden appointed uh, Dat Tran, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, as the acting secretary. Uh, any thoughts on, on this, uh, on Mr. Dat Tran? Yeah, um, interesting guy, actually. He's, he's the, uh, in, in Washington speak, the PDAS, the Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary. And I only know that's called the PDAS because my brother, when he was with the State Department, was the PDAS for Africa for a while. So I, I got to learn these, these acronyms. But, but uh, his, his particular area of, uh, of specialty within the VA um, is uh, strategic planning, performance management, performance improvements, research, data, that sort of stuff. So he's... Uh, He's, a, he's an interesting guy, though. He came to uh, to the VA uh, from the uh, background as a staff member on the uh, Senate Veterans Affairs Committee. He was there for six years from 1995 to 2001 before he went to VA. And he was responsible for all the, uh, the uh, Senate uh, oversight uh, committee work um, looking at particularly the VA's information and technology programs and uh, coordination of uh, legislative activities for the committee. But uh, before that, 
he was with uh, Square D, uh, which I'm sure you've heard of, the folks who uh, uh, came up with the little gadget that lets people take credit cards over their cell phones. And he he was the manufacturing operations manager for them for uh, for several years as a background in uh, industrial systems engineering. So he's kind of a, an unusual guy. Um, uh, seems to be very smart. And what it, what I think we can reasonably expect is that he's going to just be uh, primarily a caretaker for what is uh, anticipated to be relatively short term. I think uh, at this point it looks like um, President Biden is not going to have a lot of difficulty with cabinet appointments. So uh, Mr. Tran will probably uh, be in that role for a relatively short time and then move back to his role as the PDAS um, for uh, all of the policy and data um, work that's been going on at the VA, especially uh, the uh, computer innovation that they've, they've been working so hard on the last couple of years to try to get beyond the old uh, paper file system. So I, I don't anticipate really um, much impact from Mr. Tran's service there, although I, I think the good news is you're not likely to see anything go backwards under him at least. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just real quick, I want to I want to plug uh, your website real quick. Uh, and, and for those who are interested, those who might have questions regarding veterans benefits, maybe your claim has been denied. Uh, maybe just want to get a second opinion. Check out veteransbenefits.com. Veteransbenefits.com. Francis Jackson here on the show would uh, and his team will help you. We'll answer some of your questions. We'll point you in the right direction. Again, it's veteransbenefits.com. Uh, okay, so here's my follow-up question. Uh, again, we're talking about uh, Mr. Dotron, who's in this temporary position. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, President Biden has appointed Dennis McDonough uh, as the permanent secretary. Um, and, and so what do you think? Do you think this nomination will be successful? It will breeze right through, or is it going to get massive opposition? I, I think that's probably going to go pretty smoothly. Um, if you look at McDonough's background, he actually was the uh, White House Chief of Staff for Barack Obama. Kept a pretty low profile, but uh, the the uh, everything I can find suggests that uh, this is a guy who really knows how things work in Washington and how to make things happen. Um, it's um, it's an interesting appointment, typically. Uh, as you probably know, presidents have appointed folks who had served in the military and thus were veterans themselves. Uh, President Obama had uh, General Shinseki, and then uh, when uh, when he left, replaced him with uh, Robert McDonald. Um, and McDonald also, of course, was a, uh, a vet. Um, but uh, McDonald had a an interesting uh, um, comment said that uh, he thought uh, McDonough was a uh, gentleman with great knowledge, skills, and experience in using the levers of government. Just means he knows how to make it all happen. And uh, I'm I'm very hopeful that uh, that's a good sign that uh, uh, this is not just a uh, 
checking off a box kind of uh, nomination as uh, sometimes uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs has been in the past. This is somebody that uh, the president thinks can actually make things uh, work better there. It's it's a little bit of a, um, well, at best a surprise, or at, at worst a surprise, I guess, uh, nomination in the sense that most uh, presidents have nominated veterans, and the veterans community, I think, was expecting a nomination of a veteran. Um, I, but most of them seem to be, at least at this point, uh, cautiously supportive of uh, of the uh, McDonough nomination. Nobody's nobody's come out and said they uh, they're going to oppose it on the basis that he's not a veteran himself. And that's a that's a fairly major step forward. I think, um, you know, in terms of, of senatorial approval uh, in the Senate's role of uh, advisor to the president uh, as to uh, advise and consent to these nominees, I don't think it's going to uh, be the kind of nomination that's going to generate a, a lot of uh, opposition. Certainly there are some folks on the Republican side of the aisle that that won't be excited about McDonough, uh, but uh, I don't think anybody will be unhappy enough with his role under Obama to uh, to actually try and block the nomination. And so I, my guess is it's it's going to uh, work its way through. And as I said, you know, most of the folks uh, who've commented so far have been uh, pretty, pretty positive. So I'm very hopeful that we'll uh, actually move through and. Uh, He'll be somebody that uh, can uh, get legislation passed. Uh, that's that's really his his uh, area of expertise, having worked with uh, the House and the Senate, and, and of course the administrative agencies under Senate, under President Obama. So we'll see. Cautiously optimistic. <laughs> that's what comes to mind after after. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, listening to everybody, cautiously optimistic. Uh, all right. So with your experience there at veteransbenefits.com and, and the many years that you've been working with veterans and as well as social, social security disability benefits and, and, again, just dealing with the, what was it, the levers of uh, the VA, for lack of better terms, uh, yeah. Do you expect to see any major changes in the veterans' compensation arena in the short term? I I don't anticipate that we're going to see anything in the short term, Bert. Um, as you know, the uh, the VA has gotten lots of uh, negative press over the last few years uh, for both the benefits side and the healthcare side. Uh, they had some serious uh, scandals in the healthcare side that um, you know, caused uh, Shinseki to resign and those kinds of problems. But on the, on the benefits side, you know, we're still kind of seeing how the changes uh, that Obama had proposed and that were finally uh, actually implemented after Trump came in with shortening the process for uh, appeals of veterans' benefits claims plays out. So that, you know, that is still um, a work in progress. There are still a lot of claims 
in the system under the old version of the system. And, you know, there are growing numbers, of course, of cases under the new system. Um, it does seem to be moving a little faster. It's, uh, it's certainly not what anyone would call quick, but uh, it is moving faster. Um, so in terms of your, your question about major changes in the short term, I think that's unlikely. It seems to me that probably what we're going to see is um, some gradual improvement. Uh, the, the VA has been working hard, and I think under people like Datran and McDonough will continue to work hard to improve their uh, operational capability with better computer programs, uh, better software, um, and a uh, just a, a, a general kind of um, trying to make uh, you know significant small steps to improve the process overall. One of the things that they're up against, as, as you know, is that the VA appeals process depends in in a significant proportion on the ability of uh, the Board of Veterans' Appeals to hear cases and decide them. And that's been seriously undermined by the whole COVID uh, pandemic so that the VA has closed down most of its regional offices. They've reopened some, but most are still closed. And as a result, the veteran service organizations like American Legion and Disabled American Veterans and Veterans of Foreign Wars and so on that handle a lot of uh, veterans' claims are basically um, unable to function at this point in terms of doing hearings. We've been very fortunate uh, and, in fact, uh, uh, some folks who were represented by veteran service organizations have, have come to us for help because we've been able to arrange a, a system of uh, using the virtual hearing process that the board has implemented to do these cases uh, over computer links from everything from uh, desktop computers to tablets to iPhones. And so we've been able to move a lot of our cases ahead and in fact, uh, we've we've been fortunate enough to be able to jump a lot of our people kind of to the head of the line um, as a result of that, which has been very nice for our clients. But in terms of um, major changes in the short run, I, I think really it's going to be, what you're going to see is just a focus on incremental improvements, making the things that are supposed to work actually work, um, you know, getting things to work 100% of the time instead of 85% of the time or 90% of the time. Um, but that's, that's my read for the, for the short term. I don't see anyone planning any uh, radical changes to the system. I don't see uh, Biden in particular being the sort of person who wants to cut benefits. Uh, as, uh, as you may remember, uh, under the Trump administration, there were some proposals to uh, to cut the compensation benefits, to use that money to fund uh, better medical care on the, on the medical side. But those uh, proposals went away. And there was also some kind of low-level talk in the, in the background among Republicans about wanting to cut the overall uh, budget for 
veterans' benefits, which has grown quite significantly in the last decade. Uh, but, um, you know, I don't see any of that stuff uh, continuing to rear its ugly head. So I think reasonable to expect that things are going to continue to go forward and they're going to go a little more smoothly. That's my best guess. Yeah, I think uh, that, that certainly is my hope. Um, if I remember correctly, and you correct, uh, and you let me know if I'm wrong here, I believe that President Biden served in our military. I just I can't remember if that's accurate or not. Do you remember? I don't remember, and uh, I I suspect it would have been more prominent if he had, but I I don't actually remember. I know that. Uh, what his sons did, uh, but I don't remember whether what right. the president did. That's right. That's uh, I, I think that's what it was. Uh, yeah, I believe you're correct. Um, yeah, uh, I want to ask you this because I I, I don't suspect uh, this is going to change anytime soon. So I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, the process. In other words, veterans will continue to need representation uh, on their disability claims, but I want to kind of maybe have you give me a, I don't know, a Reader's Digest version of what a veteran goes through and how they get help from veteransbenefits.com. So maybe, I don't know, give us, I don't know, kind of a walkthrough Sure. As to the process. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, the the overall structure has been somewhat simplified, but the the basic place that um, that VA claims sort of divide, if you will, is at the initial application. What happens is that on the initial application to the VA. Uh, for any kind of compensation claim, you typically have to prove first that there is a current disability, second that uh, there was an event or illness or something in the service, and third that there's a medical connection between the the uh, current disability and the event in service. And what that typically looks like is, say, for example. Someone was a uh, uh, assigned to a job of uh, uh, the motor pool in the army, just to take an, an easy example. And one day they're hoisting an engine block out of a jeep, and the uh, folks that are doing that, uh, somebody lets go, or the mechanical lift uh, fails, or and the uh, one person gets the bulk of the weight and uh, uh, hurts his back. Now, for, you know, probably eight people out of ten, that's going to be a temporary thing, goes away. Uh, for the other couple out of those ten, uh, there's structural damage to the back. It's not particularly evident when they're young and strong, but as they get older, it gets worse. And ultimately gets bad enough that they find that they're applying for veterans' benefits. So with that kind of a case where it happened a long time ago 
it's not immediately obvious. There wasn't a uh, an MRI back in those days to uh, examine the impact on the uh, the non-bony structures. You can even look at the bony structures with X-rays, but it's MRIs that you have to use to look at things like disc problems. So when you have that kind of a case, um, many of those folks get turned down because it's not immediately obvious that there really is a connection here. Uh, on the other hand, if you have somebody who, say, is serving in the, uh, serving in Afghanistan or Iraq and they uh, were injured in an IED explosion, they lost a foot. Now, the VA can see that. They can rate it. Those claims generally kind of march right through quickly. So that's sort of the, the, the first big divide. The folks whose claims are not obvious tend to get turned down. And when that happens, um, again, there are a couple of branchings. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of veterans get really bad advice. They hear from their buddy, well, you don't want to take the time to appeal. That'll take too long. You should just reapply. But I'm sure we've all heard the old saw about the definition of insanity being doing the same thing over and expecting a different result. And that's pretty much how it works with reapplying for uh, benefits once you've been turned down. So realistically, once someone's been turned down for a claim, uh, to really uh, – have much chance of success, they have to take an appeal. And under the, the new system that uh, was implemented a few years ago, the way the appeal works is you can appeal directly from the notice of disagreement. Well, you, you file a notice of disagreement to appeal directly from the denial um, to the Board of Veterans' Appeals. And when you um, wait through that process, which is, you know, typically a couple of years now, although it is speeding up. We've, we've seen some uh, some cases heard within a year, even, which is a way, way, a significant improvement. But um, that that step is to, uh, to go up to the board. And again, you've got this branching uh, at the board. If they're convinced that the regional office really, really got it wrong, they can go ahead and grant it right there on the spot at the board. If they think, well, looks like the board, uh, I mean, looks like the regional office probably got it wrong, but I'm not absolutely sure, then they can remand it to the regional office for them to get more information, get new examinations, get more reports, kind of look at it again, as it were. And, of course, then you have the potential for that going uh, to be turned down again, going back to the board, and so on. So it um, it's it's really about um, how how plainly you can show the VA the relationship between whatever the current problem is and service. And we have been very fortunate. Uh, we've been able to uh, establish relationships with a number of of expert uh, physicians. And, um, psychologists who uh, are really good at evaluating these things and can uh, often explain to the VA in terms that they understand and will acknowledge why there is a relationship between the uh, event and service, whatever that might have been, and the current problem, whether physical or mental. Now, unfortunately, you know, it's uh, it's not a guaranteed thing. Sometimes our our uh, 
experts come back to us and say, you know, there really isn't any uh, any relationship here, and uh, your guy's just out of luck, and so be it. You know, it's not like we can write the report for him or anything. But um, we we uh, you know we use people who have uh, who have real expertise, and uh, often they are able to to explain the connection to service to the satisfaction of the VA, and that's uh, that's really the critical issue in easily 75% of the cases. Um, other cases turn on uh, more esoteric uh, legal points or factual points. Um, sometimes the the VA just hasn't been able to find the the factual information in the military records to show the connection. And you know we've worked with researchers at the um, National Archives uh, to go and find records to uh, to substantiate things, help people find. Uh, people they knew in the service to get uh, statements from them about what happened. Um, you know, done all the investigative things that lawyers do to build a case. And that's, uh, you know, probably the other 25% of the cases really. Um, there are a few that turn on purely legal issues, but that's actually quite rare in the VA practice. They tend to be factual issues about things that have happened in the past. But that's that's kind of the uh, the quick overview for it. Yeah, and and that uh, that uh, what do you call it? Uh, that quick overview. By the way, I appreciate you giving us that quick overview. You know, and it, it, it just uh, doesn't. Uh, we don't have enough time, obviously, to to really uh, give people the the I, I guess the uh, more accurate picture because some of these cases you mentioned you, you do research for and you investigate, and and some of these cases take. A humongous amount of time and we're talking people who were denied and I think you worked with them for like a decade uh, one one of your clients you worked with for uh, over a decade and and I point this out because the the average person doesn't have the expertise or the patience the the, the, the vision to see something that might take two or three years to the you know to, to see something through that might take two or three years. It can be very frustrating, and I'm sure that a lot of your your clients want to quit. Sadly, that's true, Bert. We we have clients that say, you know, this is just too much. I just want to give up on it. But what we what we try to do is to take the 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 stress off the clients, tell them to let us worry about it, and just. Uh, kind of get on with their lives and let us keep plugging on this thing. And, you know, obviously there are a few folks who, who just say, no, it's too much, I can't, and they go away. But by and large, um, we're, we're pretty successful in getting people to let us take on the, the brunt of the, uh, the the frustration dealing with the delay and grind these things along until we can get them to a, a satisfactory conclusion. You know, I'd, I'd like to say that after over 20 years of doing this, uh, I found the magic bullet to make these happen quickly. But candidly, there isn't one. So all you can do is just kind of grind along and push things as best you can at each step, which is what we do. But uh, you know, I, I I think really for many many of our clients, the biggest contribution that we make is just helping them stick with it until we can get to the end. Um, because as you say, 
Sometimes it takes two or three years. Sometimes it takes 10 or even 20. Uh, but uh, we almost always uh, get a favorable result in the end if, if, uh, if the client's able to stay with us. Yeah, and, and I think maybe that is the magic bullet, is that consistency, that tenacity, that perseverance to see it to the end. And so I want to say this to our brave men and women. And so if you're out there, you're suffering in silence, maybe maybe your claim was denied. Maybe, maybe you don't know if you'll qualify for a claim. Maybe, again, as I said before, maybe you want a second opinion. So I'm going to urge you to go to veteransbenefits.com, veteransbenefits.com, and, 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 you know, talk to Francis and his team and see what they can do. Because one of the things that you said there, which to me is probably – the big benefit is that not only are somebody relying on your, on your expertise, but it's the, it's the encouragement, the handholding, the emotional support that your team delivers when people are getting frustrated and are ready to give up. That is priceless. I, I do think that's one of the biggest benefits that we deliver to people. Yeah, it, it, it would be for me. Uh, it's, again, you, you said, uh, you, you're, you allow your clients to be able to just focus on everyday life and, and go on as you guys kind of work uh, behind the scenes. And, and that's anybody who's ever gone through any kind of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know, trial, if you will, or even litigation or personal injury case, uh, you, a case of this nature after a while, can wear on you emotionally and mentally. And it's, it's jumping through all these hoops. And if there isn't somebody there to not only guide you, but say, Hey, you can do it. We're here to help you. I can see why a lot of people would quit. I mean, there, there's probably, I don't know, tens of thousands, if not maybe hundreds of thousands of claims that have been denied the one time. And, the person gave up and they're sitting there right now suffering and, and they need somebody like veteransbenefits.com to, to help them. I don't know, see the light. You guys are the light at the end of the tunnel, right? <laughs> we are sometimes, Bert. I, we, we've actually had a number of cases where folks, uh, as you just described, gave up on their claims. And then finally someone convinced them to come to us and uh, let us uh, carry it forward and, and as I said, you know, I, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to brag, but we almost always win these cases eventually if people can stick with it and put up with the, all the delays and roadblocks that the VA throws up. Yeah, yeah, and, and especially this last year, where not only were you dealing with the regular roadblocks the VA uh, puts out, but now you had a, everything came to a grinding halt because of the pandemic, uh, so that had to stress a lot of people out. Uh, again, we're, we're running out of time. So I do, again, I want to just plug this one more time because the work that these guys do at veteransbenefits.com is priceless. Uh, it, if you know of a vet, if you're, if you're affected by, uh, by veterans, uh, you have one in the family and, and, and they're suffering in silence or you have questions, just reach out to veteransbenefits.com and Francis and his team will help you out. Uh, Francis Jackson, I want to say thank you so much for stopping by. And, and I also want to say thank you so much for helping out our bats. Well, thank you, Bert. It's always a, a wonderful opportunity to uh, to talk about uh, what's going on when I get a chance to 
speak with you about these things. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Good stuff there from veterans disability lawyer, Francis Jackson. Ladies and gentlemen, please, let's share this episode with everyone you know. Let's help as many people get the benefits they deserve. And, and especially if you're a veteran, go to veteransbenefits.com. And as I said in the intro there, you know, one of the other sides to this is that Francis and his team can help you with social security disability benefits. So if you have questions about your benefits, veterans benefits, give these guys a call, check the, and let them help you out and check out your case. As always, my friends, thank you so much for being here. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting us and spreading the word and, and getting us uh, on all these platforms. Thank you so very much. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. <laughs>